0: Welcome to the Lead Her podcast. Today we have a very special guest, one of our very own Lead Her members, someone who is the definition of an absolute badass. I know if I was younger I would look at Rachel and be like oh my god I want to be like that girl. So um, it is a pleasure to have you here today Rachel. Thank you for coming. Oh thank you for having me
1: it's, it's uh, definitely my pleasure
0: <laughs> yeah good and the thing is as well like just to give everybody a little background of you rachel um used to be in the military we've been a firefighter we have done loads of incredible challenges together over the last few years we have worked together so these are some things we want to share everyone a little bit of your story and I feel every time I speak to you I learn something new about you as well so who knows what we'll find out on this episode (laughs) anything (laughs) else you would like to add to that introduction about you
1: no I think you've covered it if I'm honest yeah that's me (laughs) in a nutshell
0: Amazing. So like let's take it back to the start and like where this all kind of started for you. So um what was Rachel like as a little girl growing up and moving into her first job?
1: Growing up, <laughs> um I was I was the younger of two girls. So my sister was a couple of years older than me and she was a bit of a tearaway for my parents. Um so I kind of learned a lot from her of like how not to be, because I used to see her getting grounded and getting in trouble. So I was definitely the quieter of the kids, um, but I was also quite a bit of a tomboy at school and wanting to play with the boys at school. I wasn't interested in like playing with each other's hair as girls and stuff. Um, and then I joined the army cadets as a kid, and and uh, and my first job was a little paper round, going around on little cully sacks on my bike, and I loved it. Best job I ever had.
0: <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing and did you play any sports when you were younger
1: um so I used to run uh for my school I used to do cross country for the school so that's probably where all this running obsession comes from today explains <laughs> a lot explains a lot with all these yeah it takes doing. me back to my glory days at school <laughs>
0: yeah so do you feel like with joining the cadets did that kind of lead into you then joining the military or did other stuff kind of happen that led you towards that
1: Um, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, all the way through school, but I always had, like, the army cadets, and because I was a tomboy, it came, like, quite naturally to me, and, and I knew, like, I wasn't the best at sitting down and studying and learning, I get distracted so easily, I'm like a little magpie that wants to, like, look at shiny stuff, (laughs) um, so it was always in the back of my mind that I didn't want to go to like college and university and things like that and then in my last year of high school um 9-11 happened um and it was all over the news as we, we a lot of us will remember it was everywhere and for the couple of months after that we saw like all the troops going across to Iraq and all that sort of stuff and I was just like this is what I'm meant to do. I need to go and help in whichever way I possibly could. Um, so that happened in 2001, in September, and by on the 11th of September, 2001, and by the 9th of September, 2002, I was in the army. That was me going, oh. see you later. <laughs> yeah, um, you go. Sorry, um, and just because I was 16, I'd just turned 16 that April, Um, my parents both had to sign the contract to let me go in the army and they were like yeah it's probably the best place for you because you're not going to go to college yeah so they were
0: supportive of that kind of journey and and they knew you were happy to kind of do it and they were happy to support you there
1: yeah I think like they knew like if I didn't go in I would only go in in two years time anyway um So it was better than me just staying around like the estates and stuff where I was growing up um, and possibly going down the wrong tracks or anything like that. So, yeah, so they were really supportive of me me going to do that, Mm -hmm. which was amazing because I know not many parents would want their child to go in the army, especially when two wars were about to kick off and stuff like that. So, yeah. And did you
0: feel nervous or scared in any way or were you more like I want to go and help I kind of get that from your message earlier that you wanted to just go and help any way you could yeah
1: like I just I was nervous I think everyone's a little bit nervous especially being 16 leaving home I went to basic training down in Reading so it's quite far away from where I live away from all my friends nobody else was going in the army at the time um, that I knew of like none of my friends were um, they were off to college and doing their own thing and I was just it, I was nervous but like good nervous like feeling like I'm gonna find where I fit in in life yeah. so yeah.
0: And I think as well like there's so many disciplines and education and life lessons you get through going through something like that we like our last guest Holly like she's really young but I think when you go into The unknown or being totally pushed out your comfort zone, you almost mature even quicker as
1: well. Oh, definitely. Like every time I'd come home on leave, my mum would be like, You're a different person again. Where's my child, my 16 year old child gone? You're not supposed to be like a 30 year old now. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny,
0: isn't it? Like I remember when I was 16, I thought I had it all worked out. I thought I knew who I was, what I wanted to do. And now I'm like, Oh my God, I was so young
1: so young yeah like you think at, th- at 16 you think I know what my life is gonna look like I know what I'm gonna do I'm 37 and I'm still not sure like <laughs> I've still not got everything worked out and I don't think you ever will no so, absolutely
0: not. and how did you find training being a woman within the military as well because bear like, bearing in mind that was like what 11 is that how many years like 20 21 years 21. ago
1: 21 21 years ago now yeah so a long time
0: ago oh I'm so old
1: <laughs> no I'm not really <laughs>
0: I when you think um, 10 years ago it was I keep thinking 10 years ago was 2001 2000
1: yeah definitely 20 <laughs> <Really? laughs> oh yeah, yeah. so How did that happen
0: yeah I can imagine um, then it was very different maybe now that's another 20 years on but how did you find that experience how many other women were there with you at that time so
1: going through basic training there was I think around 34 of us but only three of us were female wow (laughs) and it was just insane and like um none of our instructors were female either so it was like they just didn't know how to treat us, so they just treated us like everyone else. Um, I remember, like, my corporal at the time, so, like, my section commander, he was from the parachute regiment, and I, he'd never worked with females before because the infantry, they didn't have females in the infantry then, so he'd never worked with females before. So he was just like, I don't feel sorry for you. You just have to get on with it. So, you know, like... It, it was hard it was really tough especially growing up in a house with my sister my mom and then like my dad was the only male in the house so then to be almost like in my dad's shoes where I'm just surrounded by the opposite sex everywhere you looked, oh it was completely out my comfort zone like it was crazy but it was good in the sense that like we were treated the same like they didn't make any adjustments for us it was just like well you've got to get through the same tests the same um discipline as everybody else just because you're female it doesn't make any difference to us yeah um uh, and that stood me in good stead for everything else later to come so
0: yeah wow that's incredible and did you stay with the boys as well or did you have your own accommodation like separate from them
1: yeah so we had our own separate accommodation um they wouldn't mix us definitely not (laughs) I still don't think that they mix them now in the accommodation so especially going through like basic training yeah Um, maybe but out in their units they do a little bit more but yeah yeah Yeah. we had our own
0: (laughs) yeah and with that in mind as well do you think it's different now do you think like for 34 there would maybe be like 10 women or half could be women now do you think it's changed or do you not know
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think the military is changing. Um, it has changed over the last 20 years. There's definitely a lot more females going in the military, and um, especially now that they've opened the gates for females to go into the infantry as well. I think that's a massive, a massive achievement that they've done. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely getting... I don't, we'll never make up the same amount it'll never be 50 50 I can't ever imagine that but we are like pushing our way in and getting the percentage up so yeah
0: yeah amazing and with you when you were in the military you obviously had to go away for for quite a while how did you find going like I know you were away from home for training but then to go away onto a different country and stuff how was
1: all of that? Um, So, yeah, so I went to quite a few different countries, um, but I did serve over in Afghanistan a few times, um, and it was difficult. For anyone to say it was easy, it's not easy. (laughs) It's really difficult. Um, But I was a dog handler, which was really good because everyone likes you because you have a dog with you. You've got a furry little friend to come and help. Nobody knew my name, but they always knew the dog's name. So that was fine. They were like, excuse me, dog handler. And I'd be like, no, oh, that's me. <laughs> but they all knew my, my dog's name. Um so we always felt quite welcomed, dog handlers. Like we would get put with different search teams, different infantry units, but they were always really welcoming because we always came in, we had a friend with a little furry friend with us, and um as well. Like, especially being a female, it was n- almost like nice for them to see a female out there because there wasn't many of us out there either. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard, especially being away from our families. The first time that we went, well, I went across, Um, we only got a 10 minute phone calls to our families a week. Mm-hmm. So that was really difficult, 10 minutes. So like, if they didn't answer the house phone, cause not many people had mobiles back then, you weren't going to get to talk to your family that way. <laughs> wow. I remember, like, ringing home on my birthday and I rang, like, my mum and dad's house and my sister's house and their mobiles and not one of them answered their phone so I didn't get to speak to anybody. <laughs> oh, no, that's so upset. <laughs> that's
0: so upset. But what, um, how did you, how long were you away for, like, longest term that you were away for?
1: Um. So I'll, my longest sorry my longest deployment um was nine months yeah uh, I did um it was well it starts off tough because you think I'm out here for nine months now yeah but you get so um such in such a routine and you're with the same people day in day out going doing the same sort of jobs day in day out it almost it is a bit like groundhog day but all of a sudden, you've got thirteen new best friends that you do anything for, um, and they they do anything for you as well. And yeah, it's was, it was tough, but it yeah it. I still, at times now, think I wish I could go back and do it again. Yeah, which is insane. Who would want to go back and do that again? But yeah, yeah,
0: oh, amazing. And and how did you find it when you guys did get home?
1: Um. <clears throat> it was it's it was really difficult um coming home because you spend six months nine months away in different countries with different like with the same sort of people, people with the same mindset as you, and I'd come home and you'd spend a couple of days in camp with your friends and then you'd just go home to your families and you'd go home for like four or five weeks, mm-hmm. so you're taken away from what you've been so used to in not very nice conditions to people being so excited that you're home but they have to go to work all day so you're like well what do I do with all this time now and like you'd be like oh do you want to go out this weekend and people would already have plans because everybody has their own lives already and and you'd be like all right I'm here so I'll just go back like it was really it was a really odd feeling uh, but, um like you knew everybody wanted you there but it was like they had their own lives at the same time yeah, to yeah. be getting on with yeah.
0: and did it feel in a way like everybody else? like while you're away you feel like life is just paused at home but then yeah you and everybody's doing different things or they've all just moved on without you and it, you can almost just feel a wee bit like you don't belong there as well definitely
1: yeah there. so like for six months you like you get these little 10-15 minute phone calls um with them And so you don't think about other things that are going on. So when you come home, you think everything's the same as what it was six months ago, but it's not. And they all have like their little what seem like little inside jokes. And it's not inside jokes. It's just what they've been doing while I've been away. But when you come back and you're like, oh, things have changed. Oh, bums painted that wall Actually, When did that happen? And your dad would be like, oh, she did that months ago. Like, it's no biggie like those sort of things and like, you see the dogs are getting older and your family's getting older you're thinking I've only been gone six months but it's actually a really long time six months so yeah wow and
0: like when you were obviously in the military as well you accomplished some awesome things especially if, like standing up for the women like, <laughs> saying, like some things that you managed and some opportunities that you got as well to be the first
1: Yeah, so I was the first female to stand guard um, at uh, Buckingham Palace and um, at Windsor Castle, so that was just, it was absolutely crazy, like, because our infantry was so busy, we were then getting all these opportunities to do amazing things to go and stand at Buckingham Palace, like, who does that? Um, You know, like... (laughs) Standing outside where the Queen is, like <laughs> well what, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> um, and getting to do things like that, it, it was just unreal. Like the the opportunity that I would never have got if my mum and dad hadn't signed them papers at sixteen years old. And you just think, how lucky was I to do stuff like that?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it feel like almost a lifetime ago now, because you've accomplished and done so much more since then. Yeah, like like you say I signed up 20 years ago well 21 years ago I I was a baby joining the army like and now I've done that life and I've started a different life now and it just doesn't (laughs) even seem sort of real sometimes and it's not until I talk about it I'm like actually I did do that and I did do all these things and go to all these amazing places and live this other life yeah, yeah, there's there's stories
0: to be telling when you're like ninety years old, and I know. Oh, you tell it because I didn't even know that about you until decided to do this podcast. I was like, how do you tell yeah. me that? Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm first woman to do that. Any yeah. other ones? first? Well, should you should do it in the
1: military, or is that the main one? Um, that is definitely the main one. The one I'm the most proud of. Like, um, yeah, I think that's that's uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: And what happened in terms of coming out to the military you then like went down the firefighter route was that an option straight away or did you sit on it for a little while in terms to what you want to do next
1: um no um so I decided to leave the military so when you leave the military you have to do um like a year when from when you sign the papers to say you want to leave you have to do a year back so I signed them when I was just turned 29. So I left just after I turned 30. <clears throat> um, but I was based over in Germany, so it was really hard to get back and go for interviews and do all these different things. And Lancashire Fire and Rescue, they were taking on. So I was like, oh, just throw in an application for these. And they were like, Yeah, we'll take you almost straight away. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, so like I got home from Germany and within two weeks I was getting sized up for my firefighting uniform and that's just like oh one uniform to the next why not
0: that's amazing like see I remember one stage of my life and I was like I wanted to do something really active and this is what I mean like a young Leanne would see you in the military and being a firefighter and be like I want to be like her like you have done all the coolest things that sounds amazing to any little kiddo but um and the thing is we're around the same age I don't mean it's like I'm much younger than you that I'm thinking that but if I was grown up <laughs> Holy hell! because like I remember looking at like the fire brigade and to get in being a woman it is so tough and I remember like the procedure was really tough and how many I actually met people that had failed it like three times and here's you coming out of the military straight into being a firefighter which is so cool.
1: Yeah, like I could not believe my luck. And I'm the same, like I've known people um, who have applied three or four times. So I was just like, well, I may as well just chuck my hat in the ring, see what they say. They could only say no at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, okay. It's like, oh, (laughs) oh, okay. Not expecting it because I I knew other people that had tried and failed and was told to come back and, and all sorts. So yeah, I wasn't expecting it, but yeah. Yeah. and do you Took
0: think what kind of happened for you do you feel like for like like 9-11 happening being in the brigades and then like family letting you in there all the lessons you learned from 16 being active really demanding job to then it probably set you up to go into being a firefighter in some way
1: oh definitely yeah like because of how fit I was and how disciplined I was from being in the military, um all that be, being in uniform and being at certain places at certain times it just came so naturally to me to do this next role it was almost just like it just changed the what I'm wearing and I'm back in the same job I just get to go home instead yeah.
0: all the time yeah yeah and with you with all this in mind I'm just asking you this off the cuff like have you ever kind of struggled with any like difficult men that don't want women in the area because they're quite jobs that can be really male dominant and, and you like like if for anyone that's listening to podcasts like Rachel is an absolute babe so she's beautiful outside <laughs> and, in, and super strong so she takes all the boxes so like it, it's not like in any way where like you're very feminine looking and you're very giggly and, and very woman-like did you yeah. ever feel you had to hide that away or did you always just be yourself in, in these areas?
1: Um, I think when I first joined the military, I did like try and tame it a little bit because I wanted to fit in. And then after a little while, not long, maybe a year max, I was just like, no, yeah. I am who I am. Like I cannot hide my giggles and my happiness and how girly I actually am. Um I'm not why am I hiding who I actually am from, from a job that I'm already in and people who already know me? Um there has been occasions where I I've been in Afghanistan and um an infantry soldier said, like, we don't want you because you're a female. I'm like, well, tough. You've got me. So unlucky. And then you just gotta like stick up for yourself um and just be who you are because that's the only person you're meant to be. um. So, yeah, I think I did try and hide it a little bit. But, no, I am who I am at the end of the day. We all are, aren't we? Like, And I wouldn't want anybody to feel like they had to tame who they are to fit into a role because yeah. you've already got the job or, you know, you're already that person. You can't change who you are. Why would you want to? So,
0: Yeah, I love that. And it didn't hold you back either. I was actually reading a book recently and it was like, in my head, I thought sometimes for women to be better leaders or to be more dominant. And even in my head, with my confidence in terms to being a leader, I see a leader like when I close my eyes as someone that's very professional, very serious, like very mature. And I'm like, I'm not any of that. But actually, a lot of people respect that more that you are just who mm-hmm. you are. And, and a lot of people like... When you are who you are, and you talk and you live the way you live, people relate to that so much more, and then they see it in you. They see it in your eyes, and they want to be a part of it. So sometimes, like yeah. you don't need to not be like you said, just who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, but just sometimes women do tend to try and be less woman like to be more dominant. Yeah, you really don't have to be because people still listen to you if you know your shit and you're exactly. Sure and who you are and um you're passionate about what you do because it shows and people follow passion and I thought it was really cool in that book because I was like oh, I never thought about it like that
1: before yeah definitely like <clears throat> if you're passionate about what you're doing and like you just hit the nail on the head if you know your shit <laughs> and you're confident that you know your shit we can boss it can't we like it doesn't matter we don't need to be like in power suits every day and you know being less feminine we can be who we want to be as yep. long as we are confident that we know our shit yep. we've got it yeah
0: absolutely I love it so right so we've been a firefighter for a little while and um, we're still kind of doing that just now as well and what's kind yep. of cool Go to when we first met, and and where was Rachel then? Because obviously she was a very fit, very active, kind of confident within her roles woman. And then we got in touch. Like, where were you when we first met?
1: So when we first met, it feels like forever ago now. <laughs> oh <my laughs> a long God. time ago now. <clears throat> um, I I was a fit person. I was. I thought I was a confident person but I was in a, a not very happy relationship which then also made me not have a very happy relationship with myself as well and I wasn't taking very good care of myself in the way I was eating, the way I was drinking, and uh, the way I was talking to myself, all these things. And as much as I thought I was happy and confident, I've got nothing on who I am now. I would never have done this a few years ago. Absolutely not. <laughs> Especially with my arms out and everything, hair down, arms out. This would not have happened a few years ago. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's when... Um. So I stalked here for a while on the old Instagram and was like, seeing all these changes in these people and seeing before and after photos of before photos of people not being very happy and these after photos of these girls glowing I was like I want to glow like all these other girls um so I finally plucked up the courage to message them, and be like can I please be one of yours and <laughs> take me in like a little homeless stray
0: yeah yeah awesome I love that and it's so hard like I remember then like that's what we're kind of chatting about is that you weren't in a bad place but you just knew you could be in a better place but you weren't quite oh, sure yeah. to get there and I feel like you we were exercising but you weren't like in it and you were like yeah. eating well but you weren't maybe as optimal as you could be and all we did was took you from an old K place to an absolute Badass, amazing, oh, wow. and I feel like that's a key word for us because you were always just like, I just want to look like a badass and feel like a badass. And I was like, Yeah, you're absolutely our gal, like, come in. <laughs> and like, we won't go into like how like all the problems and the issues and the injuries and the struggles that we kind of oh. we'll cover some of that later. But where would you say like Rachel is now
1: today? Like two years? Two years, yeah, well, coming up for two years now, I am just a completely different person. Like I was saying, like, I would never have done this two years ago. I put myself forward all the time at work. I've gone and started a different job. and still a firefighter, but doing a different job at work. I'm teaching at work. Um, I feel confident in who I am. I was at a hem party at the weekend and a wedding at the weekend, and I wore dress beautiful dresses. And I didn't care about the way I looked because I felt so confident. No, sorry, that came out wrong. Like I obviously did care about the way I looked, but like, I wasn't like worried about anything or maybe I shouldn't wear this or trying on all these different outfits. I knew what I wanted to wear, and I knew I'd look badass in the in what I was wearing and I'm just, I beam every day, like I'm so happy of who I am every day now, I'm just a totally different person.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's like night and day when we look at you in day one, and again in day one you were not in terrible shape, you were still happy, but looking at the muscle and the tone and the tightness, like even just the things you've accomplished in the time we've worked together has been incredible as well, so yeah, yeah, it's been some ride.
1: (laughs) I'm glad we're stuck together, stuck in
0: it. <laughs> it's just awesome. Like, and the thing is, is like we never were like, right, I want to do this in six weeks. We were never like, I wanna do it quickly. You've really kind of taken each stage as it's kind of came and we've got yeah. you to a place where like we're eating good food, we're training, we're in a nice kind of balance right now with some challenges kind of coming up. But yeah, goal was always like we didn't want to just get you in shape and then put it all back on again, basically
1: yeah that was always my biggest concern because we obviously started um we dropped my calories bit to see where i was sitting and i know after i'd lost a bit of weight we were like you were saying right it's time to put it back up and i was just petrified that i was just going to turn back into the old rachel not really understanding that i needed the extra calories for the energy for how i feel now like i couldn't have done this i wouldn't have bounced around and been all this happy and got my optimal workouts done on then lower calories and but like just learning all this new stuff as well to go along with it it's not like in the past way i've dropped my calories lost a load of weight looked great gone back to who i was mm-hmm. like i've lost the weight and just gain muscle and confidence and education along the way as well it's been amazing
0: yeah and i can't imagine we would ever ever end back up at that reach one day one again
1: no definitely not no chance. she's she's gone <laughs> <laughs>
0: One of the struggles we have had and we are still kind of currently dealing with and managing right now and still learning about is like actually when you first started, we had to go for an endometriosis like operation, didn't we? In the first couple of weeks, yeah, yeah. So that was tough to begin with. Um, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about your kind of endometriosis journey? Because like when we first started, you were saying you used to get crippling pain in your hips and tummy, and bearing in mind you were in the military you were in the fire brigade and you were like endometriosis is so like debilitating for so many people that they can't do anything so it's like how what how have you managed what's tell us about this yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so um i have suffered with endometriosis for a long time but going through the military um and always seeing male mostly male doctors um I was just told to, man up, you're fine, it's just your period, every girl gets it, you'll be fine, you just don't want to be on PT. And I'm like, I love PT, like, I should not be in this much pain where I want to throw up. That's not normal, that's not what normal, Every like, not everybody gets that pain. I was told just to take painkillers to deal with the pain. just get on with it um and it wasn't until i left the military um and started seeing my doctors back home and the first couple of times i went i was told the same oh you you just it's just your period so i finally saw a female doctor at my local surgery and she straight away said i'm not happy about this you shouldn't be in that much pain where it's in your hips it's in your hip flexors it's in the top of your thighs that's not normal that's not where your period pain should be happening um and sent me to a specialist and the specialist straight away said sounds like endometriosis we'll go in we'll have a look see what we can find and then that's when i contacted you and i was just like i'm just gonna have this little surgery and you were like what (laughs) so yeah i'll be fine um And then when they went in and they had a look and they found it on my ovaries, my uterus and the ligaments that go down into your hips. But they also found it on my bladder and bowels. Um, So they took it off my ovaries, my uterus and ligaments. um, And I'm now waiting for a second surgery to take it off my bladder and bowels. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, whilst I've been waiting for this surgery, I have been on an injection called a Prostap injection, which has put me into menopause. menopause. Um, so I've had been technically in menopause since March last year. So just over 12 months now, 14 months um, dealing with that. So yeah, that's been considering I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna have this little tiny little surgery it's uh it's definitely blown off in my face that little comment <laughs> absolutely
0: and it's been so hard and like you'll probably notice how like it does affect obviously endometriosis aside, we still got results we've still got change you could still exercise definitely work around it but we're still looking after you to the best of our ability and then i can't believe it's been a year on the injection already which is crazy yeah. and that's been a little bit delayed a little bit as well with kind of covid and stuff as well isn't it
1: Yeah, yeah, because of COVID, um, that's why it's taken so long to get my second surgery, because they obviously got all the back back filled from from COVID, unfortunately. But hopefully the end is in sight. Hopefully it won't be too much longer now. we just got to keep our fingers crossed. And apart Um, from
0: smiling through it, how have you found this whole process of having all of that and having to go through, like, what is, like, what, temporary menopause, is that what they called it? early menopause and yeah
1: temporary then. menopause yeah it's just like a dress rehearsal for the real thing <laughs> can't wait yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and how have you kind of find that all with your training with your mindset around your body like is with hormonal things it can make us feel different so like how have you been feeling overall with all this process going on in the background
1: um I mean I'm really looking forward to the day where I'm not on any of these injections I'm not on any of these tablets I've had my second surgery and I get to see what it's like after afterwards and see how my body reacts to it all and because at the moment I do get the hot flushes I am lethargic quite a bit every now well not quite a bit every now and again I get quite lethargic and I'd be like, if I didn't have all my plans in place, if I didn't have you at the end of the phone or the girls in the WhatsApp group, I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to stay in bed today. I'm not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And where is that going to get me? It's it's not going to get me anywhere, is it? So seeing everything else, seeing you and the girls and having my routine and having my healthy foods in the fridge ready to go. I just know that I can do this and I can keep smiling and pushing through it and just getting every day done. Because every day that passes and I boss it is every day closer to my surgery. And every day that I'm bossing it in the gym or with my food is gonna make it easier on that flip side of after my surgery and looking after myself again and getting myself back back to running <laughs> back to my challenges. Yeah.
0: <laughs> A second at a time and focusing on what you can do just now, focusing on what doesn't, yeah. You good. It's just although you're not where you want to be right now, you can't control that, you don't know where it's going to be, and just like you're being super super patient. I don't know how you're, <laughs> you're managing it, but I guess that's what's kind of getting you through is just breaking it down into little chunks just now,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, don't get me wrong, I do get fed up, and I'm like, when I went for my injection, I had it on Tuesday, so two days ago. Um I cried at the nurse and I was like, I'm so fed up. I just want my surgery. I don't want to have to come here every month. And I have a little blowout, little cry. She pats me on the back, sends me on my way, and I'm all right again.
0: <laughs> oh, I no, so,
1: <laughs> sorry.
0: A cry fixes everything.
1: Yeah, I, sometimes <laughs> that's all we need, isn't it? A good little cry, get it out of the system. As long as we don't stay on that crying, start to feel sorry for ourselves because we we, we're all absolute badasses as long as we don't sit there feeling sorry for ourselves too long we can just get through it can't we yeah we've got so many other good things in life
0: yeah and just for anyone listening that don't understand why you've been put on that injection can you maybe explain a little bit more like why they put you on that just now
1: yeah of course um so for those who don't know endometriosis um it happens it is caused by our periods. and it leaves like scar tissue almost on our different body parts. Um, so by putting me on this Prostap injection, this um, like fake menopause, this pretend menopause, um, it stops my periods. Um, so it won't fix my endometriosis, but it won't make it any worse either. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's already there Shouldn't get any worse between my first surgery, and my second surgery. Mm-hmm. So that's the hope, anyway. Yeah.
0: Okay. And hopefully a few more months, and we'll be back into full potential. But like with yeah. that in mind as well, it was actually something else I heard the other day from watching a movie. I'm going to share it with uh, you guys on later as well. it's really good bit a movie to watch. Um, But they were kind of talking about um that sometimes, like like you were saying earlier you could just stay in bed and you could just start eating rubbish and but then you're creating new problems extra problems that are actually going to make your life even harder further down the line like it might make you feel better for (laughs) a day or two but then that's going to kind of cause a possible weight gain that's going to cause you to get unfitter, unhealthier then if you were to go through surgery the recovery is longer not even just that but your energy and your mood and your confidence and everything would then all come down at work and socially as well so definitely when you've got one problem and it's hard and it's horrible it's almost knowing that if you don't still do the things you can control and look after you the best that you can it might not be perfect if you don't do any of that it's going to create more problems which is something <laughs> some people don't think about when they're they're already kind of struggling and finding it hard and I think maybe like you said having the right people around you and having support has maybe been beneficial to keep you focused
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Like when going through with the lead her girls and getting everything done. Like my my we were quite spread out. Like my parents live a couple hours away. My sister lives a couple hours away, and they don't really understand. Like my mom and dad, they don't drink. They don't eat the best. They drink a lot of wine every night. They'll have a glass of wine, and they don't understand that. Like I, I'm not like that. I'm not like them in that sense whereas they would fix a problem with a glass of wine I'm like no that's not fixing the problem we need to be drinking our water and our teas and and there's nothing wrong with the old glass of wine here and there I'm not taking it away from anyone Leanne always uses photos of me holding a glass of wine <laughs> but you know like that's not going to fix our problems no
0: no just makes more and makes life yeah. harder and then makes you more tired but it's almost just getting started that is almost what fixes that isn't it if that makes sense then then holding off for the right time for you to eventually feel more energized it's like it's not going to happen you kind of need to start from those few changes in lifestyle and then the energy will kind of eventually come That then that'll add into more things yeah yes um Amazing thank you so much for sharing that with us because I know that's uh, a very personal subject but I just know a lot of women do suffer from endometriosis and yeah yeah and also people who are maybe having to do the similar thing to you and its I don't know how you feel with age and and being put into early menopause as well or temporary menopause just now it's like It's really hard to maybe do something like that our age just now knowing that it's on the horizon and a good kind of couple of years to go through it i don't know if that plays in your head a little bit as well
1: it does it does a little bit because so you you can hit menopause at any age really um but being 37 i know it's usually around 45 to 50 that women start hitting perimenopause, menopause, and that's not a million miles away from me. Um, But saying that, so say I go into perimenopause at 45, I've still got another seven years, eight years before that happens, eight years of living again and doing everything I want to do before I start to have to, think about all these other things that are going
0: to go on as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think it comes back to like what you said earlier, just focusing on what you can control just now and not thinking of all these things that could and might happen because they've not happened yet. There's no point us spending all that energy of worrying about all these ifs and buts if they're they're not happened. And it's just keep taking it a day at a time and you're getting that one step closer from that mindset. It's been a year, but it's gone so fast and you're further ahead and hopefully getting next um, in the line for that operation. We'll address that when it comes and then yeah. like bossing it again and hopefully just feeling more you
1: off the back of that definitely yeah definitely like when you go go I was just gonna say like um yeah it's been a year but I've achieved so much in this year like it's been insane um so it's gone so quick so if it's another year before I get my surgery think of all the things I'll have achieving this next year as well it's fine I'll just keep smashing things and being a badass it's fine
0: yeah I love that and that takes us nicely (laughs) into um, your challenges so not everybody in lead power has to be doing marathons and powerlifting competitions and (laughs) photo shoots. we've had people doing recently um some people are just here because they want to exercise more and feel better than themselves. But Rachel, <laughs> as you mentioned earlier, did a lot of running when you're younger. So we've done some really cool badass challenges. Um do you want to share some of your ones from last year and then the ones that we've got coming up this year?
1: So oh, last year I ran the old force of 20 um in June last year, and then I ran an ultra marathon around Loch Ness um in over the tw- over the time of 24 hours. Uh, and then I did a little half marathon towards the end of the year just to finish the year off along Hadrian's wall. Um, so there were three really tough ta- challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told Leanne and she was like, okay, we need to make a plan. Um, and we we smashed it as a little team. We absolutely smashed it. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, well, to be fair, you've done all the hard work. I've not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I could do all that. It's insane. <laughs> you have definitely got
0: some serious mental strength to get through such big yeah. <laughs> runs like that. It's amazing. And then this year, we're doing the same one you did last year. I can never say it. That's why I'm leaving it down to you, that I'll, water. the
1: Ullswater. The Ullswater. So for those who don't know, Ullswater is um, a body of water in the Lake District, um, and it's a 22-mile trail race around it yeah and that's in two
0: weeks a week a week
1: a week a week just over a week now yeah we'll be on saturday yeah so just over a week
0: now yep yeah, and we're doing that again and we're looking to get um a personal best in and beat last year and I'm yeah to everybody just now so that hopefully when this goes live you've done it and we can uh hold you accountable to be getting that pb
1: definitely yeah i'm gonna smash it
0: yeah and you're having it. you're better you're a year stronger we we know the course like you're going to absolutely it. and then we've got a new exciting challenge this year which I'm going to come down and actually watch you at which I cannot wait which is a firefighter challenge do you want to tell everyone about that
1: oh my gosh I can't (laughs) believe you're actually going to be there it's going to be amazing um so yeah in July end of July I have the firefighter challenge and there's firefighters from all over the country that come um, and we've got to do like tower runs and casualty drags and um, hose running all sorts of different little different events um, and it's all times as well so I'm really excited about that one.
0: Yeah I love that in the group chat today you're just casually dragging a dummy from work to (laughs) in my trolley like let's go. (laughs) Like some girls in this group don't know what you're doing so they're going to be like she's got a dummy.
1: (laughs) I always forget things like that I'm like not everyone realizes how weird I am sometimes (laughs) I'm just casually dragging a dummy along. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it looks like such a cool event like I'm so buzzing for that it's going to be awesome uh, to watch it and then we've got the another you're doing the 24-hour run again um what, yeah the, oh is that August that's August. that's in
1: August yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah awesome yeah. So, lots of so, challenges the summer um to kind of keep you focused on and, and to keep bossing
1: yeah definitely like I, I I do like a good challenge like a thrive off a, a challenge so um Anything, even if it's just like rock paper scissors, it work for who takes the bin out. I'm in it. I'll play it. What we're we doing?
0: <laughs> Amazing. I love that. So we'll keep everybody posted with these incredible challenges you're doing and how you're getting on. And you never know, from doing this podcast, you might hear someone else that's doing it and meet them there or anything. Like yeah, that. definitely. Um. So last question that we like to ask our guests. This is the new question that we're taking moving forward that um we've asked recently. So. Um, for you growing up, like with this podcast being about women and leaders and people we aspire to, we know or aspire in the younger generation. So who is someone that you maybe really looked up to when you're younger? Maybe you can give me two, whoever many maybe come to mind, who was someone that really inspired you to be the woman you are today?
1: Um so a few people from leader already know this little story. So I do apologize to them once. Um For those who don't know, my grandma, um, my dad's mum, she was a military nurse. Um, She wasn't when I was growing up. She'd obviously retired by then and all that sort of stuff. Um, She was a lot older when we were growing up, Um, but she was a military nurse. She was a nurse during World War II. That's where she met my granddad. Mm it was a it's a proper Hollywood story of my granddad getting injured and my grandma nursing him back to health and then they got married um and had their kids. Have my dad, luckily, else I won't be here. Um but um but also she she was a lot I don't want to say a lot older, but she was in her forties when she met my granddad, which was old for women back mm. then. You know, it was an old age and she hadn't had any children by that point. So she didn't think it was ever going to happen. And then she met my granddad and within a year they're married and starting to have their family. So I'm 37 and single. It's not the end. Like there's still, there's somebody out there for me. I've just got to find it. Where, where is he? Like I'm a babe. Come on, where is he? But you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) it's just like she absolutely didn't care that she was an older woman she didn't care that she was in the military she loved what she did she met my granddad doing what she did she had her children at an older age and I just think that is amazing especially in them them days like in the 1940s 1950s it's just a completely different era where if you hadn't had kids by the time you were twenty five, you're sold a market and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> so know, yeah, that's so impressive. That's amazing.
1: So definitely, she's definitely one to to be inspired by when I was growing up. Definitely, like I've obviously got my mom and my nan and and all them, and they're all amazing women. I do come from a good line of women, but my grandma from my dad's side is just just absolutely yeah
0: Uh, yeah yeah Oh bless her and thank you so much for for sharing that with us
1: oh you're welcome
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay amazing um well thank you so much for giving us an insight into your incredible three different lives that you've had so far yeah (laughs) what else happens over the next 10 um, yeah I just want you to know that like you're beautiful inside and out you're an incredible human and I say this to you guys all the time but I feel incredibly like lo- oh, Lola says hi as well a- can you hear her <laughs> oh there she is Yeah, she's barking away. But no, I feel incredibly lucky to have you as a part of Lead Her. Like You are someone a lot of the girls look up to as well. You help them, you inspire them as well. And um, I just want to thank you for being a part of the team and choosing to work with us and giving me the opportunity to do that and also to share your incredible story today. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, thank you, Fabian. Thank you for letting me come in through the doors and... I rocked on the scene and be here with you all because it's just been an absolutely amazing journey so far and I cannot wait to see what else is to come <laughs> <Absolutely>.
0: <laughs> and um, if um, anyone must ask you any questions are you okay for me to share your Instagram handle and if anyone wants to of ask you questions, the day,
1: yeah yeah I mean, yeah of course
0: yeah great so anyone listening we'd love to hear from you we'd love to know even if this story and rachel being vulnerable and sharing everything today if that's helped you in any way we'd we'd love to hear from you and just have a general chat but we want to just thank you so much for listening and um we'll catch up with you all very soon thank you goodbye bye